Hi everyone, this is Angelo Luciani. Welcome to episode 41 of the Nutanix Community Podcast. Here we go. Hi and welcome everyone. Thanks for joining me today. Whether you listen to this podcast during your commute, a workout, lunch, or just having coffee, I appreciate having you subscribed and setting aside some time to listen. On today's podcast, we're taking a look back at the keynote from .next 2017 in Washington, where Dr. Art Langer hosts an executive CXO panel with some very special guests, where they discuss the business cases for cloud computing. Let's join the discussion. So when I got out of college, uh, I was an operating system programmer. I love that technology. But I think one of the things that we all realize eventually that we have to have business cases for what we do. You know, what does that mean to us? We have to sort of step back a little bit. That was my Michael Jackson, by the way. I don't know if I'm getting any better at that. And create the business cases for what we do. How does it bring value to our businesses? And such is our topic for discussion today, the business cases for cloud computing. A very good friend of mine once said to me, To be or not to be, that is the question. So I'm going to modify that a little bit. To buy or to build, right? To build or buy, to build or make. So with that, we have three people here today that are going to be coming up to discuss this with us. Virginia Gambal, who is the managing partner of Azimuth Partners, also on the board of JetBlue, Dundee Corporation, as well as First Derivatives. We have Akhil um, Gupta, who is Vice President of Infrastructure at Dropbox. And then finally, Lester Lewis is here, who's the Deputy CIO from Clark County, Nevada. Wow, what a group of people that's going to be. So let's bring them up and start our conversation. All right, so let's talk about a couple of issues. The theme of this conference has been one fabric, one click. Um, what does that really mean to, uh, uh, to you? I mean, how does that set us up? I'll start with you, Akhil. Thanks, uh, uh, um, Art. Um, so for us at Dropbox, just to give a little bit of context for people who may not be familiar with us, uh, we are one of the largest collaboration platform with more than 500 million users. And for us to be able to deliver the value to our users, we need to invest heavily in our infrastructure. And uh, the question that whether we want to build or buy is something that we have always asked us, uh, uh, asked ourselves. We keep asking ourselves every quarter, every year. Um, we, as a company, started uh, on what is called a hybrid infrastructure. Uh, way long back in 2007 when I think very few people, if any, were talking about hybrid infrastructure. And since then, it has been a fascinating journey for us to see the evolution of cloud and see how the choices that all of us have to make around infrastructure has changed and the rubric that we use to you. Great. Lester? Well, I think for us what it means is the cloud as a business strategy, not just a technical deployment strategy, because to add value to the organization, you have to understand that 
we can't sort of differentiate with our legacy apps and new apps what we're doing with them. It has to look the same across the board to, to bring value. So when we talk about cloud, it's not just this sort of general concept. It's actually how we do business. And if you can put in those terms, you can add monetary value and you can look at real deliverables across the organization. Finally, Virginia. So as a technologist, an investor, and a board director, my answer to that question is greater, faster, better products for my customers, better shareholder return, and the ability to leapfrog my competitors. Wow. Well, that's interesting. So, so should you build or buy? Lester. You know, I, I want to say it's not that simple, and I, I like what Akil said, because if you're profiling, say, individual apps, you have to understand. There's questions you have to ask, and it's not necessarily the answers that are important. It's the questions. What are we trying to do? Why are we trying to do it? What are we trying to accomplish? And then sort of how do we measure that? If you understand that, it's not a build or buy because cloud is what you do. Where you do it is irrelevant. That really does not matter. If you're doing cloud properly, you can get value. So build or buy is an individual conversation based on the organization and the answers to those questions. But there has to be other issues in whether it's inside or out, right? No, no there are definitely issues because cost is an issue, efficiency. I mean, and there are questions you answer, but it'll be different depending on where you are. I, I couldn't say at, at Dropbox what's important to, to what it is they're trying to do. But I, I know for us, we're delivering services to citizens. And I want to point out to Deerich that Las Vegas is in Clark County, so <laughs> just want to be clear. Well, Virginia, what's your response to that? Well, I think many organizations feel they are a buy shop or a build shop, and some feel, if they justify it right, they're a hybrid shop in terms of buy versus build. I think today, in the world that we live in, the opportunity to buy things is so plentiful because we can't afford to literally put the, all the brain power and the thought leadership into the spectrum of all the various technologies. We have become so highly specialized. So I think that we have to choose wisely how we use our resources because they are a return on investment. And if it's going to give us truly competitive advantage and we do have the thought leadership and the domain expertise, then we have to leverage that internally. However, I think it is really important to say, I am going to buy the best of breed where I can, and if it doesn't exist, I'm either going to partner with someone to create it, or I'm going to create it myself. See? Yeah, uh, I think for me, it always starts and ends with the end user. Uh, at Dropbox, we are very proud to be very customer-focused, and I encourage everyone to think about what value are you delivering to the end user when you're making that decision. And often people translate that into just pure cost, which is cheaper, is it cheaper for me to build, is it cheaper for me to buy, build sophisticated models. But I do always encourage them to take it a step further and think holistically, whether do you want to be able to innovate, do you want to be able to go beyond cost and understand whether by doing X, Y, Z in building, for example, uh, does your product meaningfully change? So to give you an example, uh, at Dropbox, uh, we had a scale. We knew even four years back that our user growth, our storage was growing, doubling every year. And 
when we talked to our customers, uh, one of the things that they consistently told us was the thing that they love about Dropbox and the reason we are a world leader in this space was it's fast, it's reliable, and it is easy to use. And we knew that by innovating at our scale on infrastructure, we could keep raising the bar. We could keep innovating on storage, on network, and making it feel as if the cloud is right next to you, as opposed to coming all the way to US or where the data centers are. And since then, when we made a decision to move our data out inside our own private cloud, we, our performance has improved. And more importantly, our customers find our products much easier and much faster to use, which works well for us. You mentioned cost. Yeah. Let's talk about how people count. Yes. Do they really understand the cost? I mean, it's sort of like outsourcing whether you should or shouldn't and, <laughs> and how people eventually determine what the return on investment is. Oh, I think uh, it's very easy to get the cost wrong. Yeah. Um, I have uh, worked with a lot of companies where they compute both the cost of building internally as well as the cost of using a public cloud in a very different way and sometimes wrong. Uh, for me, the cost has to be done with a very, it has to start with understanding your business fundamentals. Uh, how confident are you about the indicators that you have about your business? And how confident are you about projecting them for the future? Because remember, infrastructure is an investment you just don't make for today. You also have to make it for the next few years, particularly if you're building. So when people do cost, I, want to, I ask them, how confident about your growth? How confident about your, of your user growth or the workload growth that you are projecting? Second one is about people. I think people underestimate how much investment you have to make in finding, hiring, retaining the talent. Uh, and not every company is capable of it. Uh, I, I think there is an aspect where you have to look at your own internal core competency. And I tell companies, like if you're a media company, you will hire the best journalists. You'll hire the best creative people. If you're a retail company, you'll hire the best people who can do retail. But make sure that you also know that are you able to hire the best tech people. And you have to factor it in. Um, and you have to be very, very careful in making sure it's an, subject, it's an objective assessment. People do tend to input their biases based on their familiarity with build versus buy. I think some of that also, you have to look at the models you're using for justifying costs because it can't be simply TCO and some of the old models. I mean, we look at now like net present value and sort of a, not, not return on investment, but the, the CapEx and OpEx change out and what that means. Because you're trying to achieve operational efficiencies, but you have to be able to show that in a different way. And we look at opportunity costs. You know, what is it we're not going to do if we do this? And what does that mean? So th that makes cost a different question than it used to be when you're talking cloud and cloud as a strategy. So builder buying is, is wrapped into that also. Virginia, you're on the boards, right? So what, <laughs> so what, what happens there? So in my experience, this is an interesting question to challenge both of you on this. When you find area that you want to innovate technologically in, and you do your cost model, yeah. um, the return may be significant. But the interesting thing that happens is you, you do innovate, you invest in this technology, but what happens is then it becomes commoditized, or you know, other people start doing what you were doing. And the companies that can do it better because they now are focused in that area and are focused on taking that to the next level, we often don't factor in that cost. And so what happens, and I know we had this experience when we were at JetBlue, and we first launched the airline, we were the first with live TV. 
And we decided at a certain point that we were going to keep this in-house because it was our competitive advantage. But this technology kept evolving, right? And it, even the Wi-Fi evolved as well. And so at a certain point, we felt that that cost was becoming prohibitive and it was actually better to sell that business. And when we look back at it, each time we think about venturing down this path, boards think, who have gone down this road, even though it may be cost-effective initially, is it cost-effective in the long run? Because you tend to hang on to that, then you get behind because you're not investing as the new entities are. I think that, that's a great question. In Dropbox, the way we approach that problem, because you're right, like it has to be long-term investment. You cannot just say today's cheaper, hence we should just make that decision. Uh, at Dropbox, we first of all made sure our business indicators were very strong. We could project our scale. So we are one of the very few companies operating at a web scale. The amount of storage and the data we have and the activity we see in our network puts us in the top 10 companies in the world. So we knew that we had the scale, uh, which meant the, the innovation and the efficiencies that you can get by scale is something we at least have the physics in place for. And the second thing that we did very, looked very hard was understanding how different our workload was and then projecting. And this absolutely is a subjective call about, hey, is that workload different enough that the public clouds are not going to optimize their infrastructure for that workload? So in our case, when I talk about the amount of data we have, which is more than 500 petabytes of data, all data is not the same. A lot of data is cold. A lot of data, the IOPS is in single digits. And then there is a lot of data which is very hot because that's what people are collaborating on. And when we talk to other people using public cloud, we found that that was not the necessary, the, the, the core workload that public cloud was optimizing for. Which means, to your point, as you're right, you can optimize and you can make sure that you have to outpace the innovation. But our strategic decision was based on for that workload, where the IOPS, the average IOPS that we have are in single digit. Uh, when you look at public cloud, they have to support IOPS, which is in like maybe 100, 200 IOPS per second. For that workload, we can innovate. And I that allowed us to like make sure that we have a path towards innovation. And then we also have, we internally call it a drop cloud price, which is the lagging indicator. Every quarter, we're computing what is our infrastructure costing us and what is the public cloud uh, available doing and making sure we are keeping... Uh, you know, but at what point does cloud mature so that it is a mechanism for you and what you really need to focus on is your curated customer experience? And, and I think that's... A, if it was just about the money, I think that would have been uh, a decision which may have gone differently. But for us, it also allowed us to invest in the network and in the end, in the last one year, our sync speed, which is what our customers really care about, when they use Dropbox or they try to use Dropbox versus competition, one of the things they really care about is how quickly am I able to collaborate on the files or the content. And our sync improvements because of the infrastructure that we have built has been as much as 7x in the last one year. And that is a real value that we think goes beyond the cost. It's not just about saving money. It's about actually can you keep up with the pace of uh, the demands the users are putting, and do you want to rely on public cloud, which in the end is catering to a wider array of customers with different needs, which may or may not match your needs. Do you have to be big to build? Sorry? Do you have to be huh. big to build? Your it own? helps. 
it helps. Uh, helps. I, I, I will not lie. If you're running at the scale of Dropbox, it certainly helps. So how big do you have to be or little? Ah. That's a tough question. That's a t- I'm, I'm going to give you the traditional it depends answer because of the prior question from, from Virginia. Not I, as big I, as you had to be in the past. Yeah, I, I, think that's, I think that's true. But, you know, because sometimes it's going to be a point solution to, to Akil's point. So when you're looking at a specific solution, you may go ahead and build that because you can't get what you need, you know, that, that custom at this time. But as things continue to commoditize, you can look at those. I mean, there's some areas it's obvious and it's easy. I mean, I can, I'm not that smart and I can write the business case for that. So that's easy, but it's not across the board. So what about the issues of it's not been built here syndrome, you know, where people oh, yeah. want to be it inside? I mean, how do you, how do you deal with that? Uh, at Dropbox, we, and this had to be top down, uh, the policy we mandated was public cloud is real. It is foolish for every, anyone in this room or anywhere actually to ignore it. So the entire infrastructure that we have built is in a plug or play fashion where we can, if you want to do it, move pieces of infrastructure from internally to start using the public cloud. For example, storage. Our, uh, it's very easy for the systems that depend on storage to be saying, hey, write that stuff into our private cloud or a public cloud. Same goes for traffic. So we have actually built layers which, as much as possible, it's not completely seamless. Um, and then it becomes a business decision on, you know, it's almost like you're using two vendors. Uh, I see my job as competing with the public cloud and Dropbox chooses how much business to give to me versus how much business to, uh, but it has to be top-down because there is always, every engineer, I think in my experience, believes they can do it better and faster. And, you and, bet. You and bet. you have to watch out for that. You bet. So how do we get this with the time we have left from the cold room to the boardroom and have those strategic conversations? Virginia, maybe you could help us there. Well, I can tell you for sure that boardrooms in public and private companies around the world are actually talking about cloud computing. It's astonishing. Even my most neophyte technological board member who doesn't even use a device is also asking, are we in the cloud yet? (laughs) You know, about uh, three years ago it was, oh no, we can't go into the cloud. It's It's not safe. Now those same board members are saying, why aren't we in the cloud? Everything should go into the cloud. So I I think that we have actually, fortunately, elevated the conversation. Um, But now we have to ask the right questions. And I think, as all of you know, we are in a constant state of evolution, right? And, And the rate of acceleration has become exponential. So... At a certain point, I think boards are talking to their management teams about beginning to have experimentation and plans, but that each year you must literally sink back with your plan because the world has changed so significantly. And no longer in the boardroom Will they chastise a technology person if they come in and say, hang on, that decision I made last year, I'm not going with that. I need, we have the opportunity to change and to lower our cost structure and to have faster turnaround in what we deliver. 
And, and that's actually the first time I've ever heard those kind of conversations take place. Interesting. Lester, public sector, I'll let you close this out. Well, what, I, what I've been doing is using the cloud native uh, corporations and sort of their solutions to business problems. And I present that to my management staff because they need to understand that you can look at the problem completely differently. But you know, I don't want to talk to them about technology, technology in general. Let's just talk about the problem and let's look at it that it's a greenfield. Because we're stuck. We say, oh, we're public sector. This is how we collect taxes. This is how we do things. And that's fine. What if we could do it differently? And when they give you, you give that type of presentation, you come up with different solutions. So that's, that's really the best way because there's no other way to sort of to, to crack that. I'm not on the board. <laughs> and I, I can't give those suggestions. But I can make them look at it differently. And then I will present the technology. Well... We're out of time, but uh, I think this is just the beginning of the conversation, or I'll quote Winston Churchill and then let you go. In the Battle of Britain, when he has defeated the Germans on the invasion, he gave a great speech and he said, this is not the end, nor it is the beginning of the end. This is just the end of the beginning. So this is just the end of the beginning of a very, very long conversation, and I wanted to thank each of you. This has been just terrific, and thank all of you. Thank you. Thanks for listening. You can find the show notes at our online community at next.nutanix.com. Remember, .next Europe is happening in November 7 to 9, and I'm hoping to meet many of you in person. And finally, if you have topic ideas or people you want to hear from, please email me at angelo.luciani at nutanix.com. From the team here at Nutanix, have a great week. <laughs>